0: In the ayah nur what do we learn about? What is the example of? What is the example of? Noor. Which noor? The Nur of? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu? noorul samawati wal-ard. What does it mean by this? That Allah is the noor of the skies and the earth. How do we understand this? First of all, that Allah is the? Okay, his attribute is nur, hijabuhu nur, right? Secondly, what else does it mean? That Allah is the source of all light, so that means he is the munawir, the khaliq. He is the creator of nur. He is the one who has spread nur. Which nur? Physical nur, meaning the created nur, light. Thirdly, also what does it mean? Allah is the nur of the heavens and the earth, meaning he is there. Hadi. He is their guide. So you must have these two words written in your notes. Munawir. And secondly, Hadi. Alright? Munawir. As in one who has made nur, who has spread nur, who has created light. And this is referring to makhluk, the khalq, the created light. Whether it is the light of the sun, the moon, whatever it may be. And the second is that Allah is Hadi, And over here what is meant by nur is not the physical light, but the ma'nawi light. And that is the light of guidance. Whether it is in the form of Qur'an or in the form of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Allah is the one who has sent this nur. Now, if you think about it, light, right? What is light? Can you touch it? Can you? You can't touch it, right? Can you smell it? Okay. Can you trap it? I mean, it's everywhere, right? What is light? In physics, when you study light, what is light? It's a form of? energy I think that's super amazing it's energy what is darkness what is darkness it's the absence of light right now light is energy and you said something else with regards to light physics teacher we have one here go ahead interesting that's a little beyond me so I can't really repeat the exact same words but light is basically what I found very interesting is that it's a small section of the electromagnetic radiation that is visible to the eye because electromagnetic radiation it's a vast spectrum right you have the x-rays and the gamma rays and the microwaves right and all these waves they exist now a small part of that spectrum is light that is visible to the eye so that means there are other forms of energy that are out there which we cannot see but they're there. Do we believe in them? Yes. yes. Now when it comes to light, it is something that we can see. Now light, when it's broken down, when it's broken down, so for example, if it goes through a drop of water or a column of water or something, or a prism, then what happens? Light breaks down, right? So what do you see? Roy J. right? The colors of the rainbow. Isn't it so? You see the colors of the rainbow. It's fresh in my mind, because my son just learned about Roy G. Biv, so everything is Roy G. Biv these days. So anyway, now if you look at light, I mean in general, you don't see the colors in them. Do you? When you see light, you don't sense energy. You don't feel it. But it's there. Likewise, it has colors in it. Isn't it? It is beautiful. It has benefits it has so much to it that we still don't know everything about light. But we know that it's good. We know that it's beautiful. We know that it's necessary. If this is the case with the physical light that Allah has created, then what do you think about the spiritual light, the nur of the Qur'an that Allah has revealed? Would it not have benefits? Even though we don't fully see everything? Is it not true? Is it not the best source of guidance, does it not have benefits even though we have not discovered every one of them? Isn't that the case? Because when you look at physical light, even though you don't fully comprehend it, everyone knows light is good, right? Light is necessary. When it comes to spiritual light, what do we ask for? But what's the benefit of this? And how come women have to wear hijab and men don't? Hmm? and how come this legal punishment is so severe and so harsh you know we have so many questions and we want that everything should be logically analyzed and proven to us and then we will accept it well when it comes to physical light do we have to understand every aspect of it no we don't have to we just know that it is necessary so the creator of physical light is the same one who has sent the spiritual light to us If He is the one who has sent this physical light which is beneficial for us, then why would He send guidance that is not beneficial for us? How would it be guidance then? So the point that I'm making over here is, that nur that has come from Allah, is what? Khair. Nurun ala nur. It's light upon light, right? It's pure, it's beautiful. It's a source of energy, it's a source of life, it's a source of spiritual life. And it is essential for our existence, essential for our success. In a hadith in At-Tabarani, we learn that the Prophet said, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ jalla فِي الْأَرْضِ آنيا. That indeed Allah has vessels on the earth. Meaning on the earth there are certain things which are like vessels, containers, cups. And these aniyah, they belong to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? They're described as Allah's vessels. ilayhi ma Now, when it comes to ayatul nur, the mishkat, the misbah, all of that, what does that refer to? The heart of the believer. Right? The heart that has embraced this beautiful light. The heart in which this light has entered, in which this light has settled. And hearts are also like containers. So the Prophet ﷺ said that the most beloved vessels to him are those that are delicate and pure. What kind of hearts are beloved to Allah? Those which are delicate and pure. Now if you think about it, you know, when you go to any kitchen store, for example, you go to Ikea, for instance, and you see a whole lot of glasses, right? Which ones are most attractive? Which ones? Those that look beautiful. And what is it that makes them look beautiful? The fact that they're delicate, right? I mean, if it's not delicate, it's a mug. You don't call it a glass, right? It's not sophisticated. Sophisticated, beautiful glasses, what are they like? They are delicate. And they are pure in the sense that they're clean, they're clear, they're crystal, they're shiny. Right? So such hearts are most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do you think so? Because in a delicate heart, in a soft, in a pure heart, when the light of guidance is put, then what happens? It will spread, and that light will look even more beautiful. Right? Like for example, you have a bowl of olive oil. Alright? You have it in a plastic bowl. From outside, it doesn't really look nice. But when you look into the bowl and you smell it, you're like, yeah, this looks like good quality oil. But if you put the same stuff in a beautiful container, in a nice glass bottle, then what happens? It looks beautiful. The glass enhances the beauty of the oil. So likewise, there are some people in whose hearts when iman enters, then what happens? Islam looks beautiful. Quran looks beautiful. The Qur'an brings beauty to them and they bring beauty to the Qur'an. وآنية اللَّهِ فِي الْأَرْضِ قُلُوبُ الْعِبَادِ الصَّالِحِينَ And the vessels of Allah on earth are the hearts of His righteous servants. So what are our hearts? What do we learn from this hadith? They are like containers. They are like vessels. Right? And a vessel is meant to be filled. What we need to see is What is it that we are filling our vessel with? Now, I remember somebody mentioning, actually there's a lot of videos out there like this, that there's a cup, alright, and it's filled with water. It's pure, alright? And you put, let's say, some coke in it. Then what's gonna happen to that water? What's gonna happen? It's gonna turn dark. It's gonna get dirty, right? So this is what happens with our hearts as well. There is iman, But then the vessel gets dirty. It gets cloudy. What is inside becomes old. It needs to be refreshed, right? So how do you freshen it up? How do you fix it? So if you have a cup that's full of water and coke, what do you need to do in order to purify it? Just keep pouring water. Keep pouring it. More and more and more and more. It will overflow, but then eventually what will happen? What do you have in the container? Pure water. Eventually you have it. So this is a state of our heart also. It has a limited capacity. We cannot have love for everything in our hearts. In the heart, you cannot have iman and kufr. One will remain. And this is why many times we find ourselves in a state of battle. You know, we're struggling, we're fighting. Fighting off desires, negative thoughts. Right, things that are inappropriate, we're fighting them off. It's a struggle. But in the struggle, one will win and the other will lose. Who will win? What will win? What you put more off. And this is why the Zayt needs to be refilled again and again and again. And then we learned in these ayat about those people who have the nur. Those who have been granted the light of hidayah, whose hearts are burning with iman, with faith. What are their qualities that we learn in these ayat? Who are the people who have light of guidance? What do they do? They're not distracted it's time to remember Allah. Yes. لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ اللَّهِ. Their business, their sales, their work, their studies, their worldly occupation, their career, whatever it may be, it does not distract them from remembering Allah. Meaning they are living these lives. They are in this world. And when they're living this worldly life, they don't forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because iman is where? It's in the heart. And it goes with them wherever they are. At school, at work, at home. It is there in Ramadan. It is there outside of Ramadan. Right? It's a flame that they're carrying with them everywhere. So, لا تلهيهم تجارة ولا بيع عن ذكر الله And also it does not distract them from what else? So from the ذكر of Allah, secondly from? Establishing the prayer. Thirdly from? Giving the zakah. Why? How come they're not distracted? How come they're not distracted? يَخَافُونَ يَوْمًا تتقلب فيه القلوب والأبصال. They fear the day in which the hearts and the eyes will be overturned. This means that on the day of judgment, the hearts and the eyes will be overturned. What does it mean by this overturned? If something is constantly turning about, in out in out, hmm? one way the other way, constantly turning about, what does it mean? Is it still? Is it calm? It's not calm. Then what does it mean? If the heart is constantly moving, turning about, it means that it is fearful. It will be afraid. And this is what will happen on the day of judgment. In Surah Al Nazi'at, ayah 8 9, Allah says, Qulubu wajifah, abu The hearts that day will tremble. They will tremble. Their eyes will be humbled. So it's not just the heart that will tremble, even the eyes. In Surah Ibrahim, Ayah 42, Allah says, fihi alabsar." A day when eyes will stare in horror. So the horrors of the Day of Judgment are real. They are real. So they're afraid of the Day of Judgment, and this is why no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, they remember Allah. They make time for salah. They take a portion of their money out for charity. This is a priority for them, no matter what's going on in their lives. And such people, what will happen? Allah will reward them according to the best of what they have done. Or He will give them the best reward because of what they have done. And not just that, He will give them even more, وَيَزِيدَهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِ And ultimately, who is the provider? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the provider. So we see that those with nur... What are their qualities? They remember Allah. They're afraid of Akhirah. They're undistracted by this dunya. And one more thing that's mentioned in these ayat is about there. Who are these people? Where are they found? In Masajid. Right? So these are the people who are carriers of this light. And the Masajid are also places of light. You understand? Just picture a black city at night. What do you see there? Lights, right? Some lights are moving, right? Like for example, the lights of cars, they're moving. And then there are some lights which are still. So for example, buildings, places, right? And now, because of those lights, what happens? The dark place, does it look scary? It doesn't look scary, right? In fact, it looks beautiful. And the more lights you have, the more brightness you have, even in that time of darkness. This is the state of this world. It is in darkness because majority of the people are not upon the truth. Masajid, what are they like? They're like places of light. They're like lamps. And the believers, who are they? Carriers of that light. And as they go around, they spread that light. They spread this faith. This is why it's so important for us to be connected with the places of light and with the people of light. If we want our light to continue. Now, in the following ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the state of people who are in darkness. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And those people who disbelieve. أَعْمَالُهُمْ Their deeds. أَعْمَال is a plural of Amal. So those people who disbelieve, their actions, what are they like? They are ka, like, sarabin, a mirage. Their deeds are like that of a mirage. What is a mirage? Sin ra ba. Sarab. Sarab is basically something that appears like water, but what is it in reality? It is dry. It's not actually there. Technical definition of mirage is that it is an optical illusion caused when light waves moving from the sky toward the ground are bent by heated air. You understand what's going on? Light is coming. It is coming their way. But what happens? Because of the heated air, the light gets bent. And when it gets bent, this creates an optical illusion. At a distance, it seems like there is water. But then when you get there, what do you see? There is nothing. It's dry. Allah says that the deeds of the disbelievers are like that of a mirage. Where? بقيعتل, in a low land. عين, or Wawain. What qi'ah A flat, plain, desert land. Flat, plain, desert land. It's also used for the ocean bed the floor of the ocean because it's flat Hmm? so think about a place that is flat and this is why sometimes you can see mirages even on a road right why? because it's flat right so like a sarab bi which means that there is no tree nearby no building nearby no people nearby this person is where? in the middle of nowhere and at a distance he sees something that looks like water Yahsabuhu, he thinks of it. Who thinks of it? Alam anu, the thirsty one, the one who is very, very thirsty. Lam an la mim hamza Lama to be thirsty, and lam an is one who is very, very thirsty. Just like Rahman is one who is very, very merciful. So lam an very, very thirsty. So a person walking in the desert, imagine the level of his thirst, he's run out of water, and at a distance, he sees something that looks like ma'an, water. So what do you think he's gonna do? Is he gonna go towards it? Yes, it's only natural, he's gonna start walking towards it. So as he walks towards it, hatta until ida ja'ahu, when he comes to it, when he reaches there, what does he find? Lam not yajidhu, he finds it shay'an to be anything. He finds it to be nothing. There is no water. But after that hard long journey, when he reaches there, then he realizes that it was just a deception. However, it's too late to go back. It's too late to do anything else. Because wajada, And he finds Allah, Allah عنده near it. Meaning that place that he was heading to, That mirage, thinking that it was water, he made it the ultimate purpose of his existence, and he strove so much to get there, when he reaches there, what does he find out? It was nothing. But what else does he find there? Who else does he find there? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَوَجَدَ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ Meaning he meets Allah. What is meant is at the end of his life, meaning at the time of death, that is when he realizes it was a deception. But at the time of death, who does he meet? Allah. And when he will meet Allah, فَوَفَاهُ, so he gives him in full, حِسَابَهُ, his account. Meaning the person is given recompense for his deeds. وَاللَّهُ al hisab, And Allah is swift in account. Now this ayah, what does it describe? It describes to us the outcome of a disbeliever's life. The outcome of a disbeliever's endeavors, his achievements. That all his life, a disbeliever, what does he think? He is heading towards water. Right? He's heading towards water. He's heading towards success. He thinks that what he believes in is reality. It is the truth. And he lives for it. He lives working towards it. He strives towards it all his life. But then what happens? What is it actually? Is it actually water? No, it's not water. What is it in reality? It's just a mirage. So what he thinks to be reality is actually far from reality. The person who rejects the nur of Allah. You see the light is coming. But then what happens? It gets bent, right? This is what causes a mirage. Allah's nur is coming, guidance is coming his way. But what does a person do? He doesn't want it, he pushes it away. He rejects it, he ignores it. When he will ignore it, whatever he believes in then, what is its reality? What do we learn from this ayah? It's a mirage. It's falsehood. It's all lies. It has no truth to it. So basically what this ayah is teaching us is that anyone who lives a life, anyone who lives a life different from what Allah has prescribed, contrary to the guidance that Allah has sent, then it's as though he is pursuing a mirage. Because what he believes in is not reality. What he's pursuing is falsehood. And so his entire life is a waste. His entire life is a wasted effort. Just like the person who is rushing, rushing, running, running, driving, driving towards the mirage when he gets there. After two hours, what does he find? Nothing. So that entire two hour journey is what? It's a wasted effort. Right? So just like that, there are many people who are living this life, but what are their lives going to bring them? Nothing. Because they're pursuing mirages. Those who reject Allah's nur, what are they doing? They're wandering in their lives. They think that they're heading towards the best, but at the end, they will realize that they had been deceived. And at that time, at the time of death, it will be too late to rectify anything. Because, وَوَجَدَ اللَّهُ فَوَفَّاهُ حِسَابًا Just think of a man who is, because you see the word that is mentioned here is, رَمْآنَ Extremely thirsty. Right? And in the desert, I don't know if you've ever been to a desert or been to a place that's extremely hot and dry. But what happens? If you run out of water, then what does it mean? You're doomed. You have very limited time. Very limited time. So deciding that you're going to head towards a mirage is a major life decision. So imagine a person, thirsty one, is struggling to get there. Crawling, walking, running. Desperately trying to get there. And when he gets there, nothing. Now what option does he have? Does he have any other option? No. Can he go back? No, he's run out of time. Can he go somewhere else? No, he's run out of energy. We only have one life in this world. Only one life in this world. Yes, there is eternity afterwards. But in this dunya we live only once. You don't die and keep coming back to this life. You have only one chance. Only one chance. And this chance, this life that Allah has given us must be lived very carefully. Because while it is the shortest of all the periods of existence that we will live, it is the shortest, but it is the most important. It's the most critical. So if a person makes a wrong choice over here, he will suffer for eternity. وَوَجَدَ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ حِسَابًا In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 103 and 104, Allah says, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ أَعْمَالًا Shall I tell you about those who are the greatest losers with respect to their deeds? That they're working, but their deeds, their actions, their efforts, are gonna bring them nothing, pure loss. Who are they? الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدنيا. Those whose entire effort has been lost in this worldly life. It's lost here. Meaning their deeds don't make it to the Akhira with them. وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ Sun'a. And the whole time they're thinking that they're doing really well. The whole time they're thinking that they're doing the right thing. Like a person who's going towards a mirage, he thinks he's heading towards water. He's doing the right thing. But in reality, he's doing the worst thing. In Surah Al-Furqan 23 also Allah says, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَّنْثُورًا That a person who has lived in kufr, when he will come on the day of judgment, with a whole lot of deeds, Allah says that we will regard whatever they have done of deeds, and make them as dust that is dispersed. Just imagine, dust that is dispersed, scattered, هَبَاءً مَّنْثُورًا Meaning their deeds will bring them no benefit. Because they they didn't do it for the right reason. And they did not do it in the right way. You see, for deeds to be accepted near Allah, there are two major conditions. What are those two major conditions? What are they? First of all, they must be for the sake of Allah. With belief in Allah. For the sake of Allah means with iman billah. Right? Iman in Allah for the sake of Allah, doing it to please Him, to seek His help, to seek His assistance, to seek His pleasure, to make Him happy, to gain His approval. This is the number one condition. Many people, even though they do have some form of faith, when they're doing their good deeds, they don't do it purely for the sake of God. They don't do it purely for the sake of Allah, the Creator. What happens in the middle? Holy Ghost comes in or Jesus Christ comes in or the Son comes in or somebody else comes in, right? And what does that do to that beautiful deed? It's not beautiful anymore. It's cancelled out. It's not accepted near Allah. The whole effort is wasted. And what's the second condition? That it must be according to the way that Allah has prescribed. It must be according to the way that Allah has taught. Otherwise, it's not acceptable. It's not going to bring any results. The methodology must be correct. And the methodology, where do we learn that from? Allah has taught. Through who? Through His messengers. Who is the final messenger? Muhammad sallam. So if a person rejects even Muhammad sallam and believes in all the other prophets, are his deeds proper? No. Why? Because they're not according to the right methodology. Many people have a problem with this Many people have a problem with this But it's something very simple to understand Think about it You enroll yourself in a program at school okay? And to write your assignments for example Or to submit your projects Or to write your exams Aren't there certain guidelines that you have to follow? Isn't there a curriculum that you have to follow? Aren't there certain books, certain chapters that you have to read? Right, And it has to be of what? Of a particular year. Because it's revised every now and then. Isn't it? Or is it not? Is it true? Are they revised very often? They are, right? And sometimes those revisions are major. Which is why sometimes you have a book that says from two years ago. Somebody is giving it to you for free. But can you study that book and go to school? And take your exam? Can you do that? If you try doing that, Then what would happen? What would happen? You know exactly what will happen. Right? But you could argue there, it's just two years old, that's it. It's just two old, you know, editions ago, that's it. There's only a difference of two editions. What could be that major change? Well, it could have major changes in it. Do we ever take that risk at school? Would you take that risk at school? That you say, you know what, my brother took the same course five years ago, and he's got his book, and I'll just take that book and use it. Why should I spend $150 on a new book? Why? I'd rather buy a new jacket. huh? So then what happens? If you use the book that's five years old, will it help you pass your exam? No way. When you're writing your assignments, when you're doing your exams, there are certain guidelines that you have to follow. And if you don't follow those guidelines, then are your assignments accepted? Are they? No. And you know some certain exams or courses, they come with very particular guidelines and you wonder what's the big deal? You know, like for example, when I was taking the course, there was a rule. You weren't allowed to use a pencil in your test papers and you weren't allowed to use a black pen or a fluorescent blue pen, you could only use a typical blue pen. You know, like a blue ink pen. In fact, at our school, oh my God, we could use only blue ink pen. You know ink pen? Those pens in which you fill ink? That is the only pen we could use. If you used a normal blue pen like you do over here, you know what that meant? Our exams would not be checked. They would not be checked you'd get no marks. You'd get zero. Even if you wrote the best answers, but because you did not follow the rules, your paper doesn't count. It doesn't carry any value. So when it comes to things in this dunya, any action, right? You want some results. There is a procedure that you have to follow. There is a process that you have to follow. That procedure is determined by who? By us? No. Not the people who are taking the exams. It's the people who are making the exams. It's up to them to decide. You can't argue with them. You can't take them to court. That what's the big deal? I use just a blue ball pen as opposed to a blue ink pen. You can't take them to court because that is something that was agreed on from before. So likewise... Our lives also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has made us, has decreed a certain way of doing things. And if we don't comply, if we don't abide by that, what are we doing? No matter what we do, no matter what we produce, it is garbage. It will not be accepted. It will not be worth anything. And this is something that is very frightening. Because just imagine, A person is living his life day in and day out. He's struggling. He's striving. He's giving charity. He's helping others. He thinks he's doing something amazing. But at the end, what will he find? Mirage. That's it. He will find nothing. You know, the other day I was watching these videos by a certain Christian group. And believe me, if they had replaced the word Jesus by, you know, with the word Allah, and in certain places the word Bible with the Quran, Or, you know, they had mentioned the name of the Prophet, you would think this is Islam. You would think this is Islam. Because the message is so similar. The ideas are so similar. But what is the problem over there? It's shirk. There is lack of ikhlas, and there is lack of mutaba'ah. Following. Following the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And when these two conditions are not met, then the action, no matter how beautiful it may be, it is useless. It will not bring any benefit. wal billah. Then the next ayah. Another example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us. Aw or ka Like darknesses. Meaning, or their deeds are like darknesses. Where in bahrin, a sea, That is Ludji. Ludji. What is Ludji? Unfathomable. Ludji is basically from the root letters Lam, Jim, Jim. Lujaj. Ludj. And Lujaj means deep water. So deep that you cannot figure out its depth. You cannot. You keep going deeper and deeper, but there is still more to go. There's still more distance to go. It's still deeper. You understand? Like for example, you know, think of it as if you were in a pool on the shallow side. Your feet touch the floor. Hmm? But then as you keep walking towards the deep side, then what happens? They no longer touch the floor. You go down a little bit and your feet touch the floor. You come up. You go deeper. Right? And then what happens? You're not looking down, but you keep going down, 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 and your feet don't touch, then do you get a little scared? Get out of here quickly. Right? Now this is just a pool. Think of an ocean. The middle of the ocean. So deep that a ship will sink in it and that ship will look like a small piece in the water. That it's lost in the water. An entire aircraft is lost in the water. Where? Can't find it. You know, so many ships are sunk in the water, so many. Why? Because the water is so much, it's so deep. So, ludji, particularly, is that which is so deep that you cannot fathom its depth. You cannot even understand, comprehend, imagine, picture its depth. It's so deep. And ludji, the ya at the end, it is of nisba, just as the word durri, right? So, auka zulumatin fi bahlin ludji. And remember that water, ocean, the deeper you go, the darker it gets. Isn't it? It gets darker and darker. I mean certain parts of the ocean, light reaches, right? But then as you go deeper, then all the light doesn't reach. Certain parts of light reach. Certain colors, they don't reach there. Right? And as you go deeper and deeper, then it's completely dark. Black. Pitch black. Absolute darkness. So Bahril lujj. Now inside, it is dark. outside. Allah says, Ya'ghshahu. Ya'ghshahu. It covers it. What covers the sea? What covers this water? Maujun, a wave. Min fawqihi, from above it, Maujun, another wave. So, wave upon wave. One wave on top of another wave. So, there's you know, so much water. And there's so much commotion in that water, and the word lujj, one is unfathomable. That's what the meaning is, and there is another meaning to the word lujj, and that is from the word lujjatul bahr. And lujjatul bahr is the advancing and retreating of waves, meaning when the waves keep coming and rolling back, keep coming and rolling back. So when they keep coming and rolling back, then what does it mean? How would you describe that body of water that it's becoming violent, right? So, violency. Bahri Ludji would be what then? First of all, of tremendous depth. And secondly, violency. Meaning there is a storm. And in that storm, there is wave upon wave. One wave coming from here, and before it settles, another wave comes. Can you picture this in your head? Min and above the water, is what? Sahabun. Clouds. Clouds. So deep in the water there is darkness. On the surface, again, there's... Because of the commotion, because of all the violent waves, again, there's no clarity. Right? And now above in the sky, in the atmosphere is what? Clouds. Dark clouds. What does Allah say? Allah says, ظلمات Darknesses بعضها Some of it فوق بعض Above others. Darkness Darkness Upon darkness. Previously we learned, light upon light. Here what do we see? Darkness upon darkness. So much darkness, that إِذَا أَخْرَجَ يَدَهُ When he takes his hand out, meaning the person who is in this darkness, who is either in the water, or on the surface of the water, under the storm, in the storm, he's trapped at sea. When he takes his hand out, Yekad, he almost does not yaraha see it. He almost cannot see his own hand. Why? Because of the darkness that surrounds him. He cannot even see something that is so close to him. He cannot even see something that is a part of him. And remember that light. I gave you the definition of light. Light is what, zahir and mulhir. It is manifest and it makes other things manifest. It gives you the ability to know what things really are. And the absence of light means darkness. And darkness, it does not allow you to recognize things. It does not allow you to perceive reality. It does not let you know what things really are. Even your own hand you cannot see. Waman and whoever لَمْ يَجْعَلِ اللَّهِ Allah does not make لَهُ for him نُورًا Light The person for whom Allah does not make light The person whom Allah does not enlighten فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ نُورٍ Then he does not have any light. There is for him no light. This is also the example of who? The person who is in kufr. The absence of iman is what? Kufr. The absence of light is darkness. The life of the one who rejects Allah's light, then the life of that person is filled with darkness. And it's layers and layers of darkness. What are these layers of darkness? The darkness first of all which is in the heart. Gloom, despair, no hope. Ignorance no concept of god or the concept of god is not correct so that is what puts man in despair depression sadness the troubles of life are getting over him so much so that he cannot see so there is inner darkness and then there is outer darkness ignorance he is surrounded by ignorance so much so that his own hand he cannot see now if you look at this example what does it show that the person has no clarity There is no clarity. Just think, if you cannot see your own hand, then what can you see? You understand? Because your hand is very close to you. It's a part of you. If you cannot see that, then what does it mean? You can't see anything else. So those who reject Allah's light, then they don't even recognize themselves. They don't even know themselves. They don't even understand who they are, what their purpose is, what they're doing in this life. They're living in darkness, inside darkness, outside darkness. And the person whom Allah does not give light to, then he will have no light at all. Now let's listen to the recitation of these verses, and then we will reflect upon them.
1: وَوَجَدَ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ فَوَفَّاهُ حِسَابَهُ وَاللَّهُ سَرِيعُ الْحِسَابُ أَوْ كَظُلُمَاتٍ فِي بَحْرِ اللُّجِّ يَغْشَاهُ مَوْجٌ مِنْ فَوْقِهِ مَوْجٌ مِنْ فَوْقِهِ مَوْجٌ مِنْ فَوْقِهِ سَحَابٌ gulumatun ba'daha fawqa ba'd idha akhraja yadahu lam yakad yaraha wa man lam yaj'al illahu lahu nuran fama you
0: see as human beings we are all laman we are all thirsty we are all needy Because the heart is a container, right? And a container must be filled. A container that is empty, what is it saying? Fill me. A cup that is empty, what is it saying? Fill me. So our hearts also need to be filled. We are all lam'an, thirsty. Our hearts must be filled with the right light, with the light of Allah, with iman, with the love of Allah, iman in Allah, iman in His messengers. And if it's filled with something else, then that is total destruction. Because then a person is heading towards a mirage. He's not going to find anything at the end of his efforts. Or he's in the middle of a dark danger storm in the middle of the sea. He is in absolute danger. Absolute danger. He doesn't even know himself. If he doesn't know himself, then what does he know what's going to come and harm him? How is he going to protect himself? How is he going to save himself? How is he going to survive? How is he going to make through the storm of life? He won't be able to. Assalamu alaykum. Recently I
2: read an article about a famous football player who was sent to jail because he had killed somebody in the past and he was in a mansion. He was doing very well for himself and suddenly he finds himself in jail. And the people said two lives are lost because one is the person he killed and when he goes to jail they're saying his life is lost. So this writer, I think I read it in Muslim Matters, he says that his life is not lost. If he in his lonely cell ponders and reflects on what his purpose of life is and he finds Allah then he still has a chance because this life is very transitory. But whereas people they see, you know, that he was so wealthy and that was his life and now that's this is the end of his life. So this person he's written it beautifully, I would advise everybody to go and read that article in Muslim Matters about this famous football player, Samre.
0: And the beautiful thing that is mentioned in that article is that, you know, he could still worship Allah in the cell. Because the worship of Allah is not limited to a mansion. You can worship Allah in a mansion, you can worship Allah at the field, you can worship Allah even in a jail cell. Because as long as we are living, we have a purpose. And if we're fulfilling that purpose, then our life is not lost. But once we reject the light of Allah, then yes, we are lost.
3: as I was just remembering how I looked at these verses before and... Um, When al Spineson talks about wave on top of the wave, there are actually waves, and they find us at scientifically
0: underneath the water. Mm -hmm. So they're deep in the ocean, and obviously there's no way of knowing that 1400 years ago, so it's a scientific miracle as well. That even within the depth of the ocean, you know, water is constantly moving back and forth, right? So there's waves within the ocean, and there's waves on top of the ocean, and then there's darkness inside, and what is mentioned over here is Sahab above so layers and layers of darkness
3: Assalamu alaikum I was just thinking about the example about the mirage and how scientifically you mentioned that when light is bent it has to go through warm air and when it's refracted basically that's how a mirage is formed, so when it comes to a disbeliever, the light is it's coming, it's coming to him but it's a person's air of like arrogance And that, that's sort of like an example of um, the heated air That sort of causes the light to bend And interesting thing about how Regardless of where we are Allah's light will always be coming to us But then it's just at us That where the light
0: refracts Yes, because if you think about it At the sea also When there's a storm Eventually the storm goes Right, it's over And then what do you see? Light or sometimes in the middle of a storm also, through the clouds, what do you see penetrating through? Just one beam of light. Just one beam of light. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent light. He has shown light. It is up to us whether we go and search for it, whether we go and find it or not.
3: as I was thinking about what is in the depths of the ocean. And I was thinking that there are certain fish who live really, really deep. And um, these fish have light, but the only light that they have is to attract their prey so that they can engulf it. And so just thinking about that, like the only light you will find down there is one that
0: will destroy you. So a person living in kufr is in absolute danger.
3: Uh, I think it's it's, subhanAllah, Allah subhanAllah uses, uh, in the previous verse, He uses the word nurun ala nur, so light upon light. And in this verse, He uses the complete opposite, darkness upon darkness. There's a concept in physics in which when light waves, when they hit each other, if they're not in, because it's a wave, so it's going up and down, so if they don't hit each other right, so if they hit each other properly, then it actually makes it brighter. So two light waves hitting each other actually become brighter, so light upon light. You know they hit right, so they, it becomes even more beautiful. It becomes even more light. But then there's an opposite concept that if they hit each other in the wrong phase, they actually cancel each other out. So two light waves hitting each other, it becomes complete darkness.
0: So what's the lesson from these ayat then? What's the lesson? Tell the person sitting next to you. What have you learned from these ayat for yourself?
3: Assalamu alaikum. I was just thinking about an example that uh, Ustada Yasmin Mujahid mentions in her book that, um, you know, the heart is like a ship in the ocean, and the ocean is like the dunya. So if we let the, the dunya, is just supposed to be a means. I mean, the ocean is just supposed to be a means to an end, right? If a ship is sailing, the purpose isn't to stay in the ocean forever. So the same way, the dunya is just a means to the akhirah, right? Whatever we do here. So if we let the water get into the boat, the boat is going to sink. So it's the same way if we let the dunya, if we fill our vessel with the dunya and we forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that's what happens is our hearts, they sink and they drown. So I was just thinking it's so important to remember what are we filling our hearts with.
0: And then once a, a ship sinks, then where is it? In darkness upon darkness upon darkness
3: assalamu alaykum we were just discussing that how um, the light of allah that we need we for us for on our part allah is going to send the light to us to the one he to the people he chooses but we have to work on purifying our hearts we all know that oftentimes that sometimes you know we sin we're human beings and sometimes our heart become black and corrupt but we have to work on fixing ourselves and purifying the heart. Just like you mentioned the Coke example, that whenever we feel that we need to just work on purifying our heart in order to let that light penetrate into the heart, or else it will just be blocked off. And we also need to be within the company of people, just like mentioned the people who you can find in Masajid. We need to surround ourselves with those sort of people who have light coming to them. For me, the most amazing part of this verse was, the fact that the person can't even see their hand When they're under the water And personally when I was in middle school I wasn't really a Muslim So when I like started coming to al Huda I started like getting more uh, attracted to Islam and stuff And I wanted to get to know myself better So I'd go to different like mental health workshops And like psychology things and stuff like that to get my And get to know myself better But like Those things didn't really help me. Like it was the Quran that like helped me know who I was. We were talking about how we uh, took the lesson away that there's so many uh, different things that you can love in this world. So many things you're interested in. So many things you want to know more about. But all those lights, no matter how good they make you feel now, nothing is going to give you an end as good as the light of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala.
0: Because they are not light. Right? What do we learn over here? There is only one light. Because whatever nur there is in the skies and the earth, that is the nur of Allah. Right? That has come from Allah. So hidayah, guidance, is only one guidance. Innahu dallahi, huwa The guidance of Allah is the only guidance. And the absence of that guidance is misguidance. Just as the absence of light is darkness. No matter what shape or form it comes in, it is misguidance.
3: Okay. Um, I was thinking about the coke example that you gave earlier. And um, once you realize that the coke is bad and it's sort of filth and you want to get rid of it, one way of doing that is by displacing it with water and replacing and keep filling it so that eventually the coke comes out and there's only water. But another example actually is that the Yasmin Mujahid gave is that sometimes people realize that the coke is bad So, they empty themselves and they don't know what to fill it with. And so, if you don't realize that the right light is
0: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're again just going to be empty and you're going to want to fill yourself with again the wrong things. Because then we're thirsty. And a thirsty one will drink anything. Isn't that so? Have you ever had the most strangest things in extreme thirst? It happens, right? Yesterday, my husband picked me up and he had this iced coffee with him. All right? And. I was extremely thirsty. And he said basically that he went to get some coffee from Starbucks and they made him the wrong coffee. And then he's like, This is not what I ordered. So they gave him the right one and they're like, You know what? This is too good to throw. So just take it. He's like, What am I going to do with this? He's like, Just take it. So he had it in the car sitting. There was no sugar in it, no cream in it, nothing. It was just coffee with ice. I drank the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. I drank it. Because I was thirsty. And that's what happens. When we're thirsty, when we're needy, we're desperate, then we fall in love with anything. Right? And we just grab anything and make it the purpose of our existence. And this is what we see, the state of so many people on earth. I mean, when I read these ayat, I get sad about people who are living in kufr. I mean, we think that people who are living in kufr, what's going to happen to them? Something will happen, they'll somehow survive. But this is serious. A person who does not have the light of Allah, he is living in darkness, he doesn't even know himself. What agony, what danger he's living in. And he's heading towards a mirage. Thinking it to be real. It's a very sorry state. A very, you know, pitiful state. And this is something that should make us, you know, take this light to them. They're needy, they're desperate, they're hungry, they're thirsty. They need it. Who's gonna give them this
3: light? <laughs> I was thinking, even in terms of hissy light, you know, there's interesting research in psychology where uh, they tested. So with depression, mental health, they put a group of people in, uh, they exposed them to light, and another group they didn't, and it improved so much with their mood in terms of their depression. It, yes, it this,
0: reduced, is, this yeah. is very true. I mean, when there's overcast, it's dark, in the winter generally, what happens? People get more depressed. But then what happens? When it's summertime, color, and when do you see color? How do you see color? With light, right? I mean, they also say that there is no actual color, right? Because of the light, you see things to be green. Isn't it so? Or you see things to be red. So color makes you happy. And color is a result of light
3: go ahead assalamualaikum i was thinking that in the first example you can actually like feel the desperation of the person who's like running and running and going towards the mirage but he doesn't see get like any water and in the second one you can feel like you're drowning because you're surrounded by darkness. But like, even in the first example, there's still light coming down. It's not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never gives you a chance. And in the second example, you can almost not see his hand, but he can still see it. Yes. So it's like, even though he's covered in so much
0: darkness, there's still a little bit of light and there's still a little bit of chance that he can still be guided. Yes, because it's lam يَكَدْ يَرَاهَا It doesn't say that he cannot see it at all. It says that he almost does not see it. Last night I was putting my kids to sleep and they're always asking about stories. So this was going on in my head the whole day. So I told them and I'm like, see in this darkness you can't really see. My son goes, I can still see it. And I'm like, yeah, you can see it, but you can't really see it. Right? And that is true. I mean, it's they're living in darkness, but... Even in that darkness, there is still that chance where if you start looking carefully, if you open your eyes and start observing and start questioning and start wondering, you'll get somewhere. You'll find light. But if you don't open your eyes, then you're in darkness on darkness. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, alla ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa